Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 17. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you've been with us, you know that Israel has been in bondage to Egypt. Perhaps you're a Bible student, you know the book of Exodus. And Israel has been in bondage to Egypt for 400 years. And just about that time, God sent Moses to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And as you know the story from reading your Bible, from the cartoons, Pharaoh, I've learned a lot of theology from cartoons. Maybe not good theology, but a lot. And God told Moses to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh refused, remember? And it was at that point that God sent, because I remember when Pharaoh said, you remember when Pharaoh said, who is this God that I should obey him? And God said, you really want to know? And God sent the series, you know the story, of ten plagues on Egypt. And that final tenth plague, the death angel came passing through and smote, killed the firstborn. And Pharaoh finally gave in and he said, okay, to Israel, he says, okay, get out of here. It was at that point that approximately two million Jewish people, Israeli people, leave Egypt. Now, I told you, if you've been with us, that Egypt is a type of the flesh. Egypt is a type of the world. Egypt is a type of the worldly system, the worldly way of doing things. But, you know, you know, it's one thing, let's think about this today, it's one thing to get the people out of Egypt, but it's another thing for God to get Egypt out of the people. And that's very, very true. And that's essentially what we see as the people are traveling through the wilderness out of Egypt. God is still trying to get Egypt out of the people. And so the people are headed to their destiny, the promised land. So these guys are headed out of Egypt, you know the story, and they look like backpackers going camping. I mean, they've got sandals on their feet. They've got long robes that are pulled up and kind of tied around their loin area, which made them look like shorts so that they could move about pretty easily. They've got these kneading bowls or these mixing bowls on their backs, and they're walking with sticks in their hands, and they look like they're wearing backpacks as they move out of Egypt. As they move out of Egypt, perhaps you're taking notes, you might want to pick up right here. They move themselves, God moves them to seven campsites. Seven campsites. Campsite number one, they go to Sukkoth. Remember, you were with us. What does it mean? Sukkoth means tent town. 
tent town. You'll find that in chapter 12 of Exodus, verse 37. And it was in tent town that God taught them that they were passing through. They were passing through. And isn't it true, saints, listen, in many respects, we're in Sukkoth today. Because we're just passing through. Don't get too comfortable. You know, I've told you in the past that living on the earth for the Christian now is like apartment living. You just, you ain't here to stay. You don't even get too comfortable. You don't even paint. Say amen, ladies. <laughs> well, some of y'all don't. Some. Because we're passing through. I mean, this is not our home. The Bible says that heaven is our home. So campsite number one, they're at Sukkoth, that's tent town. Campsite number two, they find themselves in Etham, E-T-H-A-N, Etham, which means with them. You'll find that in chapter 13, verse 21. Etham was on the edge of the wilderness. And it was at Etham, if you were with us, you know that God told them at Etham that he would guide them by a pillar of cloud by day and, and, and fire by night. That happened at Etham. And then campsite number three, God led them between two mountains. You find that in chapter 14. Remember, after Pharaoh let the children of Israel go, he changed his mind and, and he sent his army and his chariots after the children of Israel. And, and Israel finds himself between a rock and a hard place. Remember, they, they were in uh, Mount Piahirath and Mount Migdal. They were between a rock and a hard place. There was a big mountain on this side, a big mountain on this side. They're headed toward the Red Sea, so the Red Sea's in front of them, and, and Pharaoh and his army is in hot pursuit. And they find themselves in a pickle. They find themselves in a situation, in a tight squeeze. It made me think of, in there, tight squeeze, Virginia. Tight squeeze, Virginia. I never cease to be amazed at the names around here. I told you Sunday, was it uh, Lizard? Listen, y'all listen to that sermon. You didn't get nothing out of it but Lizard Lick, didn't you? <laughs> Lizard Lick, North Carolina. So if you're from Tight Squeeze, Virginia, would you raise your hand? See, nobody lives there. And I mean, Tight Squeeze, what is that? Well, Israel, they were in a Tight Squeeze. And, and a rock and a hard place. And it was, that happened at the, these two mountains where campsite number three, we talked about that. And don't you remember when, when the children of Israel passed through the waters and, 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 and they got on the other side and, and uh, Israel came, uh, pardon me, Pharaoh's army came, came following in, in behind them and, and the, they got on the other side and the waters came crashing down on them and Pharaoh's army was drowned in the Red Sea. It was at that time that Miriam, don't you remember Miriam, Moses' sister? Well, she's about 90 years old at this time. And Miriam takes out her tambourine and she begins to beat that thing. And, and they, all the ladies, says, the Bible says they were doing the Macarena. <laughs> they, were, they were dancing. By the way, my Baptist brothers and sisters, they were dancing. Which brings us to campsite number four. Mira, remember, it means what? Mira, anybody know? Mira means what? Bitter, very good. You'll find that in chapter 15, verses 22. 
Because when the people arrived at Mirah at campsite number four, they found bitter, undrinkable water. And the people complained to Moses. And Moses goes to God. And God said, Moses, look at the tree. And Moses looked over at the tree and God said, take the tree and throw it into the water. And when Moses took the tree and threw it into the waters, the bitter water became sweet. Campsite number four brings us to campsite number five, Elam. We find that in chapter 15, verse 27. Elam, they came to Elam, which means mighty one. After that bitter testing, that bitter experience with the water, then comes the refreshment of Elam. Elam was like a resort. Seventy palm trees, the Bible tells us, and twelve wells. The children of Israel say goodbye to Palm Springs, Elam, and they come into the wilderness of sin where they spend the next 40 years, which brings us to campsite number six, the wilderness of sin. You'll find that if you were with us several months ago. Chapter 16. This is where we left off the last time. The people were hungry, and they were murmuring, and they were complaining. And God gave them, watch this, what is it? They gave them, God gave them what? Manna. I'm trying to resist. And they made manicotti, banana bread, banana splits, you name it, they made it. God gave them what is it. And that's what manna means, it means what is it. And they ate the bread, and the Bible tells us they were satisfied completely. Now, remember we talked about this manna. Listen, I'm going to give you a lot of types tonight. And, and, and because, listen, when you study the book of Exodus, you cannot miss the typologies. Uh, typology is just a big theological way to say parallels or something that you can compare to or something you can look at a picture here and see an illustration of it there. It's a type. It's, it's kind of a picture. And I'm going to give you a lot tonight. So if you've got a pen, you've got a pad, you might want to write them down. The last time we were together, we talked about Jesus being a type of manna. How do we know that? John chapter 6, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I'm the bread that came down from heaven. So Jesus is the type of manna. Jesus is the bread of life that came down from heaven. If you missed that teaching the last time, you might want to pick up the CD uh, in the bookstore and order it. So they were eating manna, chapter 16. Tonight we come to campsite number 7. Where are we at? Rephidim. Chapter 17, saints, beginning in verse 1. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Then all the congregation, look at verse 1. Then all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin, according to the commandment of the Lord, and encamped in Rephidim, or Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people did what they usually do. They argued with the pastor. They contended with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. And so Moses said to them, well, why do you contend with me? You need to take that out with the Lord. Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people notice this, thirsted. First time the word thirsted is used in the Bible. Might want to circle that. The people thirsted there for water. 
And the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it that you have brought us out of Egypt to kill us? Man, these guys got an obsession with death. I mean, every time something goes the way they want, they say, How come you brought us out here to die? Why have you brought us out here to kill us? We're going to die. And our children and our livestock with thirst. There it is again, twice in one verse. Verse 3. And so Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, What shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. I'll save my comments for a few moments. How's that? Well, the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb, which is actually Mount Sinai. And you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people may drink. Saints, I want you to note this right here. You shall do what to the rock? Strike the rock. You shall what? Strike the rock. That's very important. And the water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And so he called the name of the place Massa, or Massa, and Mirabah, because of the contention of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Stop right there. Give me your attention. After the people get manna in the wilderness, as we talked about in chapter 16, they get manna in the wilderness of sin, they come to Rephidim, where there is no water. Campsite number seven, Rephidim. Rephidim means rest stops, with an S. Because I am, in the Hebrew language, is like our plural apostrophe S, or S for us. So in the Hebrew language, I am is like our S. So Rephidim like Elohim, the triune God, Rephidim means rest stops. Now, I don't know about you, but when, give me your attention, I drink a lot of water on trips. I like to see the sign rest stop. Say amen if you're with me. I really, really like it. And I'm very concerned when I see rest, you know, last rest stop for a thousand miles or something. You ever see those? It's like, oh man, what am I going to do? I like rest stops. I like them for a lot of reasons. One, you can pull in and use the restroom. Amen. It's okay to say amen in church now. I like them because you can stretch. I like them because you can get something out of the vending machine. Perhaps you're traveling with an animal. You can Go to the rest animal section, I think. But also at a rest stop, listen, you can get water from a rest stop. Out of the vending machines even. So I should say that I have pulled into a rest stop after drinking, you know, a lot of water. And, you know, I jumped out of the car. <laughs> like, like, you really, I don't know. You really got to go. And so you jump out of the car and you run up to the rest stop and, you know, you run into the, to the men or women restroom. You know, I don't personally care. Whichever one's free, that's the one I go to. I don't, I don't care. 
And, 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 and only to find, you really got to go only to find, this has happened to me, only to find that there's a chain on the door. That leaves you, let's just say, very frustrated. So what we have here is Israel is journeying. They are running out of water. They're probably squeezing their wineskins for water. It's hot. It's humid. It's the desert. They get to Rephidim, which is supposed to be a resting stop. And they don't find any water there. And the people, according to the Bible, tells us that they began to contend with Moses. What we have here is a bunch of unhappy campers. They began to contend with Moses. And they said to Moses, they said, oh yeah, now we know you've brought us out here to kill us and so that we would die of thirst. And Pastor Moses said, why are you yelling at me? Your beef is with the Lord. He's the one who led us here. And so Moses goes to God, according to our text. And God says, or Moses says to God, God, the people are ready to kill me. What do I do? I would have probably thought, kill them first. No, just kidding. God said, did you notice in your text? Look in your text again. God said to them, God said to Moses, God said, take the elders with you. Now, I really don't know why. I spent a good bit of time wondering why God would say that. I really don't know why. Maybe because Moses needed some bodyguards or something. I, I don't really know why. But God said, take the elders with you. Probably for witness, probably for, you know, accountability, witness, whatever. But take the elders with you and take the famous rod. Do you, did you see that in your text? Take the famous rod, the one that you threw down before. The rod that you used to turn the water to blood. The rods that, rod that you raised up over the Red Sea and it parted. Take the rod and go, God says, and I will meet you before the rock in Horeb. As I told you, that's Mount Sinai. And God said, Moses, I want you to take that rod and I want you to smite the rock. And from the rock, water will come forth and the people will drink and their thirst will be quenched. Now, listen closely. I'm going to tell you two stories from the Bible. The first story is found in John chapter seven. Perhaps you're familiar with this story. In John chapter seven, it's the great day of the feast. Millions of people are gathered around. The priest would stand on these stairs. Listen, kind of get the scene in your mind's eye. The priest would stand on these stairs, and, and, and at the same time, he would pour the water, and the water would run down the stairs, and the wine. And the water and the wine mix as it runs down the stairs, and it would empty out on the ground and flow down the stairs. It was at that moment in John chapter 7, I think they had this, verse on the screen that Jesus said he says if anyone thirsts matter of fact it is there if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink and he who believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water but this he spoke concerning who saints the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Listen, as the water is mixing, going down the stairs, this rabbi, his name is Jesus, comes in and he begins to basically yell. He begins to shout out this, this verse. And I'm sure everybody stopped and I'm sure everybody looked. That's one story. Now let me tell you another story. 
the Samaritan woman. I know you're familiar with this story. The woman at the well, remember? She was drawing water. Jesus walked up to her and asked her for a drink. And she was shocked because Jews and Samaritans, they don't talk to each other. They have no relationship together. There was a lot of racism in those days as it relates to Jews and Samaritans. And Jesus asked her for a drink. And she said, how is it that you being a Jew ask me for water? And then in John chapter 4, around verse 10 through 14, Jesus then answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And then, listen, Jesus goes on to say, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst again. I love those two stories. Can I tell you something? Every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl is thirsty for something. Deep down inside, we are all barren, dry, empty, and frustrated. Every man has a God-shaped hole in their hearts that prior to becoming a Christian needs to be filled. You know, somebody once called it this, and I don't know who it was, but they called this God-shaped hole in the heart, they called it the vacuum of the soul. I like that. And people try to fill, I know because I was there, people try to fill this God-shaped hole with many, many things. Drugs, sex, alcohol, party, money, power, fame, humanism, materialism, you name it, any other ism. People try to fill that God-shaped hole with the things of the world. Every man is thirsty and wants to be filled. They want to be filled, and they don't want to be filled by church because church can't fill anyone. Somebody say amen. And they don't want to be filled by religion because religion can't fill anyone. Somebody say amen. The only thing that can fill a man, don't you know where I'm going? The only thing that can fill the God-shaped hole in a man, a woman, boy, or girl's heart is who? Jesus. Can I get a witness? Because every Christian can say amen to that. Every Christian who has tried even to fill that God-shaped hole. Uh, you know, with all kinds of things. Uh, look, I wasn't born a Christian. I didn't get saved until January 23rd, 1982. That means up till January 22nd, 1982, I was trying to fill the God-shaped hole. With all kinds of things. Only to come to find out and come to learn that only Jesus can fill that God-shaped hole. And just like Jesus said to the woman at the well, and he said, standing on the temple stairs, he said, if anyone is thirsty, they need to come to me. The rock. He is the rock. Can somebody write that song? Jesus is the rock of my salvation. He sang it here at church. The choir sang it. 
It's a rock on my side. He's the rock. Now, again, in type, if you're taking notes, in type, in our text, Jesus, this rock, speaks of Jesus. I think you already know the rock here in our text does not refer to WWF Smackdown. Y'all understand? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Jesus. Jesus is the type of the rock. Now, what makes you say that, Rodney? Well, the Bible is very clear, and the Holy Spirit left no room for guessing on this one. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 4, and it reads this. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all of our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.